What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, Episode 1. My name is Brett. Um, I play guitar and play in a band that I call The Hollow Truths in the Baltimore, D.C. area. And I'm starting this podcast to hopefully illuminate some of the local bands and musicians around here that I play with and some that I don't. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get to meet some different people through this medium. Um, anyway, my first guest will be Daniel Roberts, or Daniel John Roberts, as his stage name is now, I believe. Uh, we grew up together and been friends for a while, and, uh, he's pretty much taught me a lot of different tricks on the guitar, and I consider him to be, uh, pretty much all-around virtuoso when it comes to that instrument. Um, he's playing some acoustic gigs these days. And I figured this could kind of help promote what he's doing. But uh, anyway, thank you, Daniel, for coming on here. And if there's anyone listening, thanks for tuning in as well. Um, Hopefully this is the beginning of something cool. Anyway, uh, without further ado, Daniel John Roberts. It's always me, to me and you, but I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? This What's is up? Daniel Roberts joining us on what will be hopefully the first part-time rock star podcast. Yes. So, Daniel, say hello. Hello, everybody. Daniel happens to be my first guitar teacher, and uh, if I have any talent at all, it's probably due to him. So, lies, all lies. But you're welcome. <laughs> well, anyway, um, like I said, I'm not sure if this venture is worth doing. But nonetheless, uh, Daniel asked, um, you know, what's the point of doing this in the first place? And I figure it's to kind of help people promote their music or whatever it is yeah. they're doing surrounding music. I don't know if we'll just have musicians on here per se or if we'll have, I don't know promoters or whoever but uh selfishly i guess my interest is i can maybe have an excuse to hang out with people and meet more people and not be yeah. quite as weird there or quite as much of a weirdo and just like asking people to hang out <laughs> just because they play music it's a good ex- right it's a good but excuse to even in my own band i guess i've played with like at least 10 different people probably right. yeah so far Without the podcast, so maybe the podcast will help. Um, but anyway, I digress. Daniel, you have the floor as far as, I guess, your general philosophy on life and why it is you play music. I don't wow. Know. To justify, um, my, justify my life choices? This yeah, why do, you want, why do you want to be poor, <laughs> underappreciated, and yeah. work so hard at something that gives... Right. So little back in return, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe right. it does give you something back in return. I don't know. Yeah, why do I play music? Um, well, I just grew up around it, so I think it was always in it. And, you know, just it's like this the same way I grew up religious, too. I was like, it was just who I was from early on, 
Um, my dad uh, still plays, played back in the day too, had a band. I was surrounded by church musicians. Um, and uh, I just, uh, playing music made me feel like I was connecting with something deeper and truer and helped me work through whatever emotions I felt growing up. And uh, it was tied to everything that was meaningful to me. So I just kept on doing it. And now, and I find now if I don't do it, that... Uh, Your life is just a hollow shell. Yeah. Was. <laughs> it just, yeah. I mean, I'm like, uh, uh, I, I it's not good for my mental health. <laughs> I just have to keep playing and, and uh, the more I play and perform and stuff, um, work on creating new things, the happier I am. And the less I do it, the less happy I am. So, Sweet. So I'm still getting used to this forum. And if I'm talking to you or if I'm talking to the microphone or the, you should talk to the audience that doesn't exist. That's right. Oh, that's uh, true. Well, I, so I would say uh, as long, once you're set up generally with the right mic, the, the microphone... Uh, then just we can just talk eye contact is okay but you can also oh, speak you can be this, the mouthpiece of whoever you imagine is listening to so I mean you can play it all kinds of ways just, here man just the ghosts and the spirits yeah <laughs> but we'll see yeah maybe we can uh, get your infamous brother on here and yeah steal some of his fandom down the line you, you could do that too yeah totally um so what do you do with music now like what drives you what's the goal what's the way to take over the world uh i'm in a weird space right now um i used to i think i grew up looking for trying to be on a kind of a mission and now i am trying to avoid doing that (laughs) uh so it's more like i'm just looking for I think that there's creativity and having a voice and being heard is just a having a good way to do that regularly. Everybody needs some form of that. For me, it's music. Great about it. Yeah, it's well, just I mean, people treat creativity as if it's something that is uh, uh, elusive um, or mysterious, but it's just solving a problem that you you didn't see a solution for right away. You just have a problem, solve it your own way. That's all that it is. And, um, you know, doing that and then also as you work through life, you know, saying what your experience is and having somebody hear and validate that, you know, so you don't feel as alone. There's lots of ways to do that. You can do that, you know, in the arts and you can do it uh, just in your normal relationships, you know. And um, so I, yeah, I think that's, I'm looking for better ways to do that. And I'm hoping that as I get better at doing that, that it will also help other people and all, you know, the quality of my relationships and community will grow. And that's, that's what I'm interested in now. Yeah. I think we've kind of discussed before that I think a lot of people might be creatively repressed. It's not necessarily always their fault, but yeah, it does seem to be a sort of societal problem or yeah, at least a latent one. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, um, that make it hard to keep being creative because a creative act is often 
if, if you make it public in any way or you share it with anybody is um, has a certain amount of vulnerability, right? This is how you think. This is how you solved such such and such problem, you know? And when I say solve a problem, I don't mean like a, it doesn't necessarily have to be a problem, but it could be a creative thing. Like how can I put, take this musical idea and this musical idea and make them fit somehow together? Yeah. Um, or it could be you have, you want to write lyrics because you have a, you know, a relational problem. You're like, I want to deal with my, my emotions and how am I going to concretely express them? You know? Um, but anyway, where I was going somewhere with that and now I, Lost no, no. creativity oh yeah. oh so but anyway the point is it is personal to some degree and uh we all have plenty of experiences where and we're not always aware of it all the time but i think um that is it's vulnerable and scary and often threatening to other people too um right because uh and we, we grow up in a context where there's the right way to do things and expectations and the education system, for instance, you know, uh, there's a lot of stress and, you know, uh, like a box to fill and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, we, I think a lot of people get damaged and they think that there's something wrong with them. They're just not, but it's really, they're just not in the right context, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I think the, the key to getting better as a starting point is to be kind to yourself and just, you know, listen, like remove judgment and try to just, you know, give yourself a space to try to do something creative that you actually care about and be able to be in control of how much you share it and with whom you share it. Be smart about it and let it grow naturally until you have a thing that is manageable and respects you and your emotional needs yeah it's pesky emotions yeah right i guess you could also argue you got to be a little damaged to want to get up on stage and <laughs> yeah, belt you, your heart out in the first place but you could yeah on the other side of the coin but uh yeah i yeah. don't know i do you think that do you think it requires damage and if so what type of damage do you think, it, think you got to have a little emotional strife yeah. Somewhere down the line in your life to want to do most creative projects, whether it's writing or music or math. I don't know what people do. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it could be. I don't. I, the need for a stage. I, I think there's a healthy way to do it, and there's a kind of an unhealthy relationship you can add to it. I, I do think a lot of artists need therapists, not stages. Yeah, most artists but, tend to say art is therapy. It's, but it's both, right? And, but it, it can go too far where it's like, you you know, you're, you're trying to solve, a, you're not actually solving a problem, you're covering it over, you know? So, um, I think, and there's, you know, there's a lot of good stuff to it too. You know, you don't have to be somebody who's damaged to do something that's meaningful. Um, we think of the arts as often being something that is, uh, you know, it has some kind of special magical connection to what matters. You know, if you have a transcendental experience from, from some kind of art or music or whatever, it feels like there's something particularly special about that person or whatever. And, and, um, or the experience. And I don't know that you have to be damaged in order to give that, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Well, considering this format is still kind of an interview as uh -huh. much of a conversation, 
to switch gears here. Okay. Ask the important questions since this, <laughs> this podcast is hopefully about balancing art with uh, the real world. Mm-hmm. Hence the part-timeness to it all. Although right. maybe arguably you're full-time. I'm not sure how you describe yourself. But uh, so how do you make money? Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to try to make money. Right now, what I am focused on for this year is booking live shows that pay well. So that can be anything from you know breweries and wineries to playing weddings and corporate events. Um, it's basically, uh, there are people with money who will pay you to show up to do what they want, right? And if you don't have a fan base, but you're good and you fill the role of the kind of music or whatever that they want, there's good money there. There are other types of money, and that's more upfront, like a gig you can build, and you just have to build the right relationships and figure out how to pitch yourself. Um, there's a lot of other ways to make music or make money with music too. Some of which take a, quite a while, um, so it really depends on where, and, you know, what kind of music you want to do or what kind of um, role in the industry, quote unquote, you want to have. Um, it doesn't have a name for making a lot of money because it, any of the creative arts uh the relationship to money in the arts is just screwy uh, yeah so like, it's like it has tons of value but it's very hard to monetize i think we all so. know the struggle but on a scale of one to ten i'll say how close would you say you are to like selling a kidney in desperation <laughs> i have a long way to go before i get yeah. to that yeah oh, that's good yeah you don't need to you're, you were lower. considering it's what you were at the doctor's office earlier today. You were like, man. No, that was related to my sex change. Oh. It's just not going so well. <laughs> Hormone therapy's tough, but. Right, right. You know. Yeah. Is what it is. It's been screwing your back up. Yeah. Well, that, that's also a different story, probably. Again, we're going to try to keep this. I don't know if family friendly is the right term, but mostly I figure our respective parents may or may not listen to this <laughs> at some point. So, but, but whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. It's fine with me. All right. Sounds good, man. Heard it all. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, is there a particular, part of the challenge with making money, honestly, is really you have to be specific about in what area in music do you want to work? And then there's different way, different answers to the question. So is there anything in particular you're thinking of? Like me, making money as what role? Yeah. I mean, again, I think the background to this podcast will be more or less just seeing what people do for work, for money, mm-hmm. as well as why they play music and maybe they play music full-time and that's the thing or maybe it's part-time and they hate their job or maybe they really like their job yeah. and maybe they have a perfect balance of everything or maybe they have a terrible balance. Right. I don't know. Personally, I, you know, my job sucks. So, um, but right. it makes money and it's somewhat meaningful, right. arguably. Yeah, so, totally. I mean, there's that and, you know, yeah. it's all... Balance. Well, uh, the main thing I would say uh, is, um, how, wherever you're at, uh, the best, the most important thing to do, if you can, is to give yourself enough space to know what's actually important to you and who you want to be, and to be able to, like, you know, keep your head clear and see, start visualizing a pathway to get to that point to become that person. Yeah. And um, that involves risk, and risk is fine. I mean, life is a crazy situation anyway, but take advantage of it and, you know, make the leap when you got to make the leap. And, you know, because for me, uh, you know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, why did I not try the things I cared about? 
you know. So the, there's a lot of value in thinking about I'm going to be dead soon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, what? How am I going to live? It's kind of the impetus for a lot of art. Yeah. Not all of it. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, maybe like a, I won't. That's an interesting thing to explore. But the idea of yeah, I figured you know, if like, we were all eternal beings, like maybe we just wouldn't care. Right. We, we maybe desire to be eternal, and that's one way to try to carry on. Yeah. I mean, I who so. knows how you want to look at it, but. Um, so like for me, I'm, I consider myself full-time musician, um, and I've tried different things and I, you try to have fail, you know, fail at multiple things before something really takes off. Mm-hmm. And, um, so like before this year I was working on building, trying to do a label startup. And the idea was take all that I've learned from trial and error. Um, and also at the time with my brother, Luke, both of us, you know, t- pool everything we've got turned it into a a team of people that could build a career for an artist and also um, solve uh, stuff for venues, basically create a, create the ecosystem that we want to see that we'd love to see in this area be more rich and more effective. So um, learned a lot from it. Didn't end up being the right time. Um, uh, But now, and so now moving on to the next thing, but that's, it was valuable and worthwhile doing and, it informs everything I'm doing now, and I'm, I'm glad I did it, you know. So you brought up uh, kind of another point that might be integral to why I consider starting a podcast, and that's the music scene at large. Yeah. Here in, you know, the Dell Marva area, or Baltimore, kind of where I play mostly. Um, I don't know. What do you think of it? I've never really been exposed to a lot of different music scenes, at least personally, yeah. other than maybe just dropping in. And I mean... I don't know. There's a lot of ways to describe it. What, what would you <laughs> it depends on where you where you go. Is there a scene at all? See, know. that's that's there is no a there isn't a scene. I would say there's a it's depending on where you go. There's like and I, I have lots more to learn, but I'll, I'll tell you my experience is um, you have the Baltimore scene, uh, and which is very very different from the DC scene. And which is very, very different from like the Virginia, especially Northern Virginia scene, um, which is different from everywhere else in the middle. (laughs) And uh, so and overall for this area, there's a ton of diverse, interesting art going on, but it's just not there there isn't much of any kind of industry presence or system that brings it out. So you have to find these little sub-communities of people doing interesting work. Um, yeah, I think Annapolis seems like there's a lot of bands yeah. these mm-hmm. days there. Maybe more so in this area than anywhere else I've noticed. But um, Do you have a particular place you like playing? Particular city, particular bar? You don't have to name names or can? Uh, I don't have... Um, I've, I've been finding that... Um, there's a lot of nicer breweries and wineries in Northern Virginia so far I've been running into. It's sort of just a luck of the draw of where I started booking and who, who knew what, you know. Um, but I, there's a lot of different interesting venues. Um, yeah, I don't think I really have a favorite. I, I played at, I grew up, um, had a couple of important shows I played at the 8x10 in Baltimore. So I, I like that venue. I yeah. think that's a cool spot and like it has a lot of history. Eventually. Yeah, but um, I mean, there's a lot of interesting spots. And did you clarify already that you're 
uh, one man act. Or... No, we don't really talk about what I'm the act I'm doing now. But right now it's solo. Yeah. Um, but actually, I'm I'm working on putting a group together. So the idea is to be able to be as a solo artist, some sell different versions of my performance either as a solo duo or trio. May extend it farther, but start small, um, and then you know do everything from the breweries and stuff to wider incorporate you know to corporate and wedding stuff and and uh you're primarily playing covers uh yes which actually i never thought i would do yeah i didn't either yeah i was very much against it for a long time um but i've actually found it to be uh weirdly really helpful it's been helpful to me for a couple of reasons one um where some chord changes uh, yeah. Melodies. <laughs> well, it's, it's inspiring. Yeah, I mean, first, I just needed to, I think, doing starting getting the cover thing was helpful because um, after trying to do original music for so long and having a lot of disappointments there, um, it was great to not try to write more because sometimes it got too painful sometimes to just try to write my own new stuff. So... Um, because no one showed up or because no, because emotional delving into your soul uh, the second one primarily um, and uh, so but the other thing is like I get ideas I find oh I'll discover things like oh my god I never thought I would actually find any inspiration in a Justin Timberlake song and all of a sudden oh actually uh, this is great like I should pull like I there's stuff from EDM music that like uh, like a cross between EDM and Latin that pops up all the time in a lot of pop music. And I'm like, I never thought I would play any of that. But I'm doing a one-man show and trying to make it interesting. And I'll try to play the main parts that I think will get the song across. Um, and I'm discovering stuff that's like encouraging and interesting and, and makes me play different and stuff and gives me ideas. Um, so, uh, you know, and some songs that are like just great songs. Like... Um, uh, Ed Sheeran's "Beautiful People" is one of my favorite discovery things. Like you know, I, I I grew up listening so much old music that I'm I'm I easily fall when I'm feeling cynical into the you know the the attitude that a lot of the best music is older. But it's just not true at all. And so it's great to run into songs that are now that are really uh, meaningful. You know? Yeah, I mean, I love covering like a Taylor Swift song once in a while, or <laughs> Little yeah. Little John or something. Right. It. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not really my thing per se, but it is fun to do. It is. Well, it stretches you and you may discover things, you know, giving yourself new kinds of limitations or uh, things to work with, um, whether it's a song or a particular approach to playing or technique or whatever it is. And that's always where you get, you know, you can grow. That's where, for me, that's, that's, that's where creative freedom and, and uh, freedom from just the blank page. Yeah. You know, that's where it comes from. You know, you, it's like, I can't do this or I must use this. How am I going to do, what am I going to do with that? And then you have a starting point. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess a couple more questions. We'll try to keep this in a reasonable time frame. Sure. Um, what do you do so, outside of music or anything at all that maybe right. stirs um, those creative juices or uh, is just... Something different. Yeah, I mean, the main stuff that I've been doing uh, outside of music, um, one is I'm doing a lot more exercise, and I'm trying to end every time I do exercise with some kind of amount of meditation. 
um, which has been hugely beneficial for me, just like going and, you know, pumping iron at the gym or doing a long run and then just breathing. Um, totally really helps a lot. Zen. Yeah, I really needed that. So that's been helping a lot with my own, my mental life and just being more productive and, um, and, uh, and then cooking. I'm always enjoying trying to learn how to cook better. So yeah, I learned how to make fettuccine Alfredo yesterday, like legit Italian stuff. Was cooking up the LJR's breakfast. It looks like. Uh, no, not the LJR's <laughs> breakfast. No, it was a dinner. That's how the fettuccine Alfredo is not a yeah, breakfast. True. Yeah, although I mean I'm sure I could make a good breakfast too, but yeah. Indeed. So yeah, I don't know. Those those are the two main things. I most of the time I I'm I I'm just, I lean workaholic too much. I don't usually know how to stop. So yeah. I stop now because I I. Uh, I've burned out multiple times, um, so I'm better at it. But yeah, that and you know Netflix, I guess. Those, yeah. are, those are hobbies, I guess. Closest cool. other 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 primary things outside of music. Right on. Well, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask you about maybe the funniest story of you that I've heard, which is that uh, you once woke up an X while practicing your scales, like in the middle of the night. But there's a, maybe a little bit more to that story that makes it funny. I woke what? I woke up at. <laughs> I don't so know. The way you're going to tell me this story because I don't know if I know what story you're referring I, to. I can't remember if I heard the story secondhand or if it was from you, uh-huh. but essentially, in the middle of the night, you were practicing your scales in bed, like in the dark, while both you and your ex were sleeping, or she was sleeping, and you like woke her up because you like I don't know. We're still practicing. This sounds like a story that Felix Nieto would weird. make up. Yes, all right, Felix. Yeah, I think Fine. I Maybe think it's probably. Tales. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing to that is I can think of is very boring. Just uh, yeah, the last relationship I had being up late and playing, but nothing, nothing like. Uh, I was gonna try. The- I wasn't like sleeping, you know, like playing skills in my sleep or something, you know, in bed. Okay. I thought you like pissed her off one night. Hey, stop playing guitar in bed. I no, I've never taken my guitar to bed. Okay, uh, I was gonna try to tie that into like your dedication to the instrument. I mean, or something. I have been pretty dedicated to it, I guess. Uh, but um, no, I I don't take it to bed. That would, that would, yeah, that would be uncomfortable. It'd be a real pain, you know, like yeah. wake up and have like a tuning peg in my nose or something. You know, it'd be just, just kind of like. Yeah, and then it'd be out of tune, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess that <laughs> pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Unless you have any final thoughts, I mean, uh, I'm hoping that this will be like a place people can kind of like self promote their stuff. So I mean, if you have like a, a band name or a website or anything you want people to like check out. Yeah. Um. um I mean, right now I'm going just by my full name, Daniel John Roberts. So you go to DanielJohnRoberts.com. You can see where I'm playing next. Um, put all my shows up there. Unless, I mean, even the private events, although I, there's no information for that, but you can see when I'm playing. Um, and you can get on my email list and, and all that. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. You can find all, all, all the links are there. Um, uh, what else? 
Well, that's the main thing right now. It's just following me there. Uh, in the next month or so, I should have some new merch and everything too. So it'll be some fun, fun things. I'm the uh, you've referenced my brother Luke, uh, who has his fan club and everything online. I'm gonna have to create one of those for myself. Ooh, all right. So that'll be the big news of this interview. It's a rival fan club. Yeah, that's to right. The, to the LJRs. Yeah, right. it's it's not. We're both using the same course, just learning how to do marketing for uh, another another approach for marketing online uh, for musicians. So we will be part of the course. Is you for anyone who's listening? Uh, you have, um, you know, people care about music in different amounts, right? You have there's always somebody who's just obsessed with somebody, some artist, and then there's people who don't care about that same artist. So. Um, in order to cater to different levels of fan, you have different uh, online groups. And so uh, one of the things that uh, they suggest you do is you have for groups of people who like want to be patrons of you or whatever and get more access, you have a live stream and, um, and you regularly talk to the fans and you create a kind of a community online, which um, in principle I think can be really cool. Uh, well, Luke's proven it can be done. It's it's yeah. working. So so I Luke already has one, uh, but I don't yet. But I will within the month, maybe a couple of weeks. I'll have the stuff set up. I think so. I guess just tell me when to release this if you want a preemptive strike. <laughs> I can wait until. Yeah, I don't. Done. I don't have an official date. I'm just kind of working as hard as I can because there's a bunch of pieces of stuff I'm trying to learn how to do and. But uh, yeah, it'll be up, and it'll be curious to see what um, I'm interested. To, I'm, I'm I'm curious what uh, who's going to be really interested because um, we didn't expect uh, the demo. I didn't expect the demographic uh, that Luke okay. has. And to clarify, right. Luke is your brother. That's right. I don't know if we did or not, but I think we did. But essentially, anyway. Daniel's brother has a following of moms. Yes, and a very very passionate. That's right. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of middle aged mom types, which is uh, interesting. Um, and I, yeah, for me, I don't know. I, I definitely pull from a lot of music that's older. So, um, it would make sense for people, uh, much older than me. You know that, uh, you know, love Sting or Peter Gabriel or Paul Simon or, uh, you know, any of the old greats or classic rock stuff, or whatever. Um, to be into my music. Uh, but I've also had people much younger that, you know, be very interested in it too. So I don't know. We'll just have to see yeah, what it's kind of impossible to say. Yeah. It'd be, I wonder what it will tell and reflect about me and, and, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do I figure like some of my favorite bands or people just seem to attract everybody. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you end up with, with the uh, Desperate Housewives, or sometimes you end up with yeah dudes, or sometimes yeah. You know, I know some bands will complain about that. Like, oh, only dudes like our music. <laughs> like, gotta get the Spotify numbers up. That's right. Um, yeah, well, females or something like that. So, I mean, like, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I mean, it depends on the type of music you do. But yeah, it's cool if somebody connects and it's what you love. That's you know, that's great. I mean, unless you're in it. For, I mean, there's plenty of people who seems get into music because they want to have they want to get women basically <laughs> which is like that's never been why I was in it 
at least not consciously. Maybe there's maybe I have some weird subconscious stuff going on, you know. But that was never why I thought I wanted to be in music. Um, Lies. Yeah. See, I know nobody believes it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I know you were always. That's definitely you know you you're looking for. Uh, uh, not so know. much anymore. It were. Yeah. You. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there was a time that was the inspiration, but I don't know. Some say you're supposed to be single on stage no matter what. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, so I've heard musicians uh, disagree on that. Some people, I guess, it would depend on the target demographic uh, yeah. that you're aiming for. <laughs> so, uh, hurt country stars to be married. Yeah, I. I mean, so I've heard that you know you want to stay single because people. Uh, some your whatever demographic might enjoy the idea of being with you, I guess. And at the same, I've also had musicians cynically. Just last night, I, we had some people over, and we we're there was a conversation about that, and they're like, "No, you should, you should pretend to be married because then it would be even more scandalous." You know? Yeah. I mean, true. it's like uh, some some people. I I don't know. I I don't. That's not really what I want to how I want to make my decisions, you know, uh, apparently some people think that that's how they want to do it. Um, I'm just going to try to try to be honest and make good, some good music and hopefully it'll mean something to somebody, you know, but just to clarify, this is like announcing that you're single. So in case anyone's wondering, that is true. I am currently uh single and, uh, so I'm sorry if I called you poor earlier, maybe you're not poor. Uh, no, I mean, I think that we all, we all assume that if we're artists, right? Which is actually not the case for everybody. Um, it is tricky to, to build stuff, but... Yes. Um, so Daniel's not broke, for the record. But. Right. I, uh, I, am, I am single, and I don't know if I would say I'm ready to mingle, though. That whole phrase, I, I can't... Yeah, you're not much of a mingler, usually. I mean, I can be. I, I uh, yeah, I've taken a little break yeah. a little bit, and then... Uh, We'll see. The next couple of months, I might stick my toe out there, you know. But, um, yeah, man. All right. Sweet. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our time. I think we've been going for at least 45 minutes. Cool. So, that seems like enough for people. Yep. But, uh, works for me, man. All right. Well, thanks for doing this little interview. Sure. Thanks for having me. Cool. Later. Peace. Alright, so if you're still there, thanks again for listening, and uh, thanks Daniel for being the first victim. Um, I guess the point of this podcast, though, is if you do play music and you live in the area and uh, you want to do an interview, you can definitely just message me at the Facebook page, uh, which will just be Part-Time Rockstar, or if you have my number already or got my email, then you can do that. So anyway, hopefully we'll get to episode two. All right.